Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Are we doing this again? I don't know how to open it. I don't want to just say we're back. We're back. Whoa. Hello. Uh, (laughs) Lasagna is out of the oven. Why do we keep going back to lasagna? I don't know. I think Daniel's hungry. Number one quarantine food. Lasagna? Yeah. So wholesome. Bechamel lasagna? Lovely. Mm. There's no lasagna, except like terrible people. I don't know. People will call it pasta cake. I really don't like that. Who calls it pasta? pasta I've heard people call that. pasta. I don't know. They are terrible people. Who? I don't. uh, I'm speechless. It's not a cake. It is a. It's just pasta. Yeah. That's like calling it a pasta burger, too, which is not correct. Mm. It's not a cake. No, There's no, no. no. Sounds like a David Pasternak signature thing. The pasta burger. Okay, we're we're no no we're no, we're done. <laughs> That's the episode's can. Anyway, hello, two on one podcast. I'm Adam. Daniel's here. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. Alex is here as well. Alex, how are you? Here. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, that's good. I I just want to point out Alex is wearing the signature burgundy sweater. You love to see it. I got my 501st Legion Star Wars sweater on. Mm-hmm. I thought I, I th- wouldn't wear a flannel. For I one. thought that was a Laval Rocket sweater. I couldn't actually see. I couldn't see the entire thing. Oh. I saw the top and it just. Galactic Republic 501st. And Daniel, yeah. what are you wearing? Today? I am wearing a <clears throat> mid-2000 Pittsburgh Penguins jersey. That was supposed to have a name on it. But, but it didn't. It didn't. But the store is gone. That <laughs> promised me the Marc-Andre Fleury customization but you got a refund i didn't get my refund and this jersey you can probably get it you can probably go to sport check maybe i don't think i can anymore because flurry's not on the team and you're like oh copyright oh but they're like they'll be like would you like a brandon tanov instead (laughs) comes with a signed portrait of that crazy picture (laughs) all right guys you want a full price dion Phaneuf jersey yeah those still go They'll still go hot in Toronto. Dion, part of the most overrated world. You know, I'm not even going to try. Oh, no. no. But double best. Dion. God, I love the best part about that clip is Pete is, um, Pierre McGuire says it. Then he waits till the next intermission when Gord's done. And then he'll say it again. Like, and that was a, it's just, we get it. We heard you the first. So double on, Dion. Double Dion. I mean, great call. Give him that. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't outshine that you, you know, I can. Forever ruin that memory. I love when they show that clip and they cut it every year. They always cut the eye can, they should keep it in there, makes it so much better, more authentic. You're ruining a piece of Canadian sport history, but every once in a while, you just gotta throw it in there and see if people will act will catch it. I could see because I feel like there's definitely people who won't catch it. I could see you or Adam kind of being in that like editing room one day in tsn going like like you know the two buttons like keep it in keep it in or don't keep it in in there (laughs) every once in a while 
It's yeah. like that Looney Tunes thing of it's it's the duck and Bugs Bunny, and it's like duck season, and the duck rip it apart, and it's his rabbit season, and then Bugs will take it away. <laughs> Looney Tunes references on a two on one no, podcast. But you know, guy. you know, the best time for it to be to be put on is in the summer when there's like at a point where there's literally nothing. I think it's around uh mlb all-star weekend where there's literally absolutely nothing sports related other than the all-star game mm-hmm. you on tsn or sportsnet you do like a top 10 and you put that top 10 hockey calls and you make that one, number one and you keep the eye can in there and see if anybody notices because if they notice it will be trending on twitter so what is a worse offense in hockey that the i can or the fact that we can't watch the golden goal Oh, it's we can't watch the golden goal. Yeah. Okay. Good. Not even the question. No, no. I because it's like I can watch Jordan Eberle's goal without the commentary and it still feels impactful. I can't even watch the golden goal at all. You can hear Santa Crossman, the golden goal. And that's it. Mm. There's this, there was last season, there was a, a thing on Sportsnet with Elliot Friedman and Sid. And Sidney just, Crosby? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tim and Sid? Tim and Sid. Sid 6 0. Anyway, with Sidney Crosby and their you know, score of the golden goal, and they're in like a home theater. It looked like Kessel's, but it's probably Crosby's, let's be honest. And they're looking at all the, the clips and they're showing clips of the game. And I'm like, oh, maybe they got permission for this segment. And then you just hear the audio and still frame pictures for the golden goal. Like, oh. Anyway, though, we should get on to hockey. Because mm. season is, oh, it's a few days away, guys. Uh, just oh. We're in the midst of that awkward stage where teams are making cuts to their rosters. You know, the waiver wire is just filled with players, and we're all hoping Joss Hosang gets claimed tomorrow. Um, I hope Noah Jolson does not get claimed and all this fun stuff that's going on. Though we will start with probably the most shocking news of the week. It's been a weird couple weeks. First, Chara leaves Boston, or Boston, partway is a Chara. Corey Crawford, who had just signed in free agency, I think this October 10th was the day of the signing. He signed with New Jersey for two years after having um, a bit of a messy breakup with the Blackhawks. Announces his retirement after 10 seasons. And I'm just going to read you guys some stats here. And we'll, we'll talk about what this means for New Jersey in a second, but I feel like we need to celebrate Corey Crawford here. Two Jennings trophies, third in regular season games played for the Blackhawks, goalies obviously, 488, third in regular season wins. By the way, the guys ahead of him are like Esposito, so just for a frame of reference there. Second in playoffs games played, and the Blackhawks all-time winning this goalie in playoff history, 52 wins. He was in net for two of those Stanley Cups. We sit here. And we celebrate Corey Crawford. I want to get you guys, give me a thought or two on Crawford. On the crow, we call him. I'll go to the guy wearing black, like a crow. Daniel. Yeah, um, I remember when Corey Crawford broke in. And I remember two things. There was that carousel of goalies in Chicago. It was like Christopher Huey, Nikolai Happy Bullen, and then Antti Niemi, and then Marty Turco. And then you try to figure things out with that. And then eventually Corey Crawford, you know, seven years after he was drafted, becomes the guy for them. And 
at the time, I'm like, you know, the Blackhawks are so blessed that this keeps happening to them. You know, not so much the case now, but what they would be, what they were able to do then to get Corey Crawford, who's been such a, such a consistent presence for those cup runs. Um, he's like, yeah, that, you know, you're really going to associate with Chicago. And I didn't think I would. And the one thing I kind of look back on, it just, you, you take that stability for granted in a way where it's like, yeah, Corey Crawford, Chicago. And suddenly as he turns 36 and he leaves the team, it's like, okay, we, we did. I, I feel like I should have appreciated more for, the type of goalie he was because I remember I always had a bias against him for some reason and this is a weird way where like I, I didn't think he would tr- like I think he should have made the Olympic team but I also didn't think that he should have made the Olympic team um, but he he was that guy that you know I know that we criticize Jonathan Tapes for it but it's just one of those guys that you know you he really grew with he really became that guy in Chicago after, again, I remember Marty Turco trying to be the guy there at the end of his career, and it just did not work out. And Corey Crawford, great goalie, just, yeah, it just, it just, it's so understated, but it's also not understated. Yeah, there are, you know, when I saw the announcement, I thought, all right, there's going to be a few, you know, a few trains of mine here. And Alex, the first thing I saw was, ah, most overrated goalie ever. And that's just simply not the case. I mean, go look at his stats from last. Like, okay, they they've been bad. Okay, maybe not bad. They've been less than good the last few years. And I think one of the only players on that team that's that has been somewhat consistent has been Corey Crawford. Like, I think there's an argument to be made in modern history. He's probably their best goalie. Oh yeah. Like, oh, not yeah. even a question. Like, yeah, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say their entire history because I no, think no, it's unfair. Cool. Yeah, like, mm. I think it's unfair. But I think in modern history, he's by, like... He would have been. He played a single game in 2010. Obviously, Niemi was a net for them that year. Yeah. He probably could have done a better job if he had... I was looking at his DB page, and I didn't realize how many of those few years Crawford had, and he just kind of bounced back and forth. He never really stayed with the Blackhawks. He's a very interesting case, Corey Crawford. And he, he really does not get the credit he deserves. Because, I mean, like, yeah, they had great... Obviously, we all know what Prime Seabrook and Kane and Taves and Duncan Keith looked like. But, man, again, you make a really good point of looking at what he's done the past couple of years. Go and re-watch that play-in series versus Edmonton and even the struggle they had against Vegas... Crawford was their best player. Yeah. Honestly. Um, I know people were going on about like Taves after game one and that, but by the end of that run, it was it was Corey Crawford. And we're sitting here, we're celebrating Corey as we rightfully should. Great career, fantastic career. But he did kind of do the devils a little <laughs> dirty. Um, a little bit, a little bit, because right at the start of that free agency, it was for weeks, we were saying, oh, that, that's even months, the whole year, that it was going to be this great goaltending market. And the Devils went in. They already had Mackenzie Blackwood, who, who we have become great fans of the show, thanks to Alex. And they bring in Crawford, this veteran goalie who would have been a great sort of figure, the Obi-Wan to, 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 to Blackwood being, being Luke. 
signs a two-year deal, and now right before, a few days before the season starts, he dips. Mm-hmm. Wait, now, so was Robin Leonard Anakin? Um, I don't know about that. No, no, Stan Bowman's Anakin. Or Auntie Ratna, because Stan he was... Stan Bowman's Anakin. No, yeah, Stan Bowman's Anakin, because it was like, he comes in, he's like the son... No, because he can also be Luke. I thought we were staying in goalies, because I think Auntie Ratna, I guess he was good already, but then he wanted to leave Chicago. Yeah, but no, 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 because Bowman, Bowman was great. He was this heralded okay. general manager, could have been the best of all time. You know, he's... From created from his father, who was it could be like because the obviously the empire, so the emperor sort of the force of Metachlorians to make Anakin, and in another sort of way, it's more biological. But then, of course, Stan comes from Scotty, but then like he's great in that. But then the moment things go south for the Jedi Order or the Blackhawks after the whole Pecorine thing, 2017, go watch, rewatch that series, he's fallen to the dark side, everyone hates him, and I would say that that's that if, if anything, Corey Crawford is more I don't know who's a character that sort of unjustly gets run out of town. He's like Rose. Coleman Traybar? Okay. No, not member of the I, Jedi How Can High Council, Colton Traybar, who okay. is, is a council member. What are okay. we doing? Anyway. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, okay. But like honestly, Corey Crawford committed two years to this squad. And then just sort of, it's his right, and he's had health problems in the past. Uh But this was pretty scummy. I don't think you can really deny that. This is pretty, and now, like, who's out there? Are they going to claim Michael Hutchinson, Charlie Lindgren, Dustin Tokarski is on waivers? Hey. I love him, but. Um, From that standpoint, yeah, like, it is a little bit of a punch to the gut. Um. I guess I give Crawford the benefit of the doubt because of literally everything that's going on around COVID um, plus his injuries in the past with head injuries. Um, But if I'm being very honest, I do think that without Corey, I think it might be better without Corey Crawford and I'll explain why, because I think there's still a couple. There's a guy like Jimmy Howard out there. Like if I'm them, I go get Jimmy Howard, who yes, is on the back end of the career of his career, but he's not very good anymore. And the New Jersey Devils are not very good. Like where are they gonna? Is there any chance they make the playoffs? Oh, you're gonna laugh at my list later. Oh, don't tell me you have the devil. <laughs> that uh, we'll look. We'll get into that. There's no chance they make the playoffs. Wouldn't it be better if they just got a lower pick, like for the sake of them? Well, even they, they have. Yeah. Let's not forget Jack Hughes is still going to be a really good player. Sure. They could. Yeah. Could they use some more in the defense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for Blackwood and how important it would have been for him, yeah. I think Crawford would have been just such a great guy to have around. And no respect to Jimmy Howard, but it's Jimmy How- if we're going to go on about goaltenders that probably you know get too much credit, and I love Jimmy Howard for the for the for the jokes of winning two games last year. I mean, it, Detroit love having those goalies that probably are overrated because they were part of monster teams. Crawford's the opposite of that. Like 
How do you go from I've got this Corey Crawford, amazing goaltender, couple, you know, a few yeah. Stanley Cups to Hey McKenzie, your partner is Jimmy Howard. And recently and like recent performance is a hell of a drop. I think before I get to that point about Jimmy Howard, which is kind of funny that we're talking a lot about him again, but I think two things with Corey Crawford is one, this is a guy that, you know, he knows he's at the back end of his career and I think he wanted to go out on his own way. And I can understand that because he played for so long. He was so dominant in his prime for those, for those cup runs. And we saw what happened since yes, the Nashville uh, series incident in 2017, where he's just always been injured. The team keeps declining, but he still keeps trying to come back. So I understand it was a bit of a high cap hit. I understand. I think if this is a guy that wanted to play and had that injury history, then, and I, and this is coming from someone that didn't know what the market was like in terms of what teams were offering him. But I think he wanted to kind of, in a way, and I'm going to use Fred Van Fleet as an example. He wanted to bet on himself. He went to a place where he felt that he needed to get the term to show that he can still play. And, you know, I understand that. The only issue I can had with that is the cap hit. And I know it is a weird thing. I don't agree with you at all there. No? If you had, you just don't. No, 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 no. Because just, we just sort of talked about his performance. I don't think he needed to prove a damn thing. And Like cap hit, I was okay. Like the devils have cap space. Mm -hmm. Right? What was it? Three million? It's over a little, like 3.6. I mean, and that goes off the books. So, because yeah, if, if right? you apply to retirement and it's because I don't see it on their cap friendly page, like it's just oh, completely yeah, I disappeared. I was just wondering because he signed it before. How old is Crawford again? 36. I was wondering if maybe something had to do with the elder for like over 35. Thing. That's what I was thinking as well. But I guess maybe there's some, I, I whatever. Mm. I mean, I trust cap friendly. So I think it's a, I don't know, not a pride thing, but it's just kind of like him wanting to prove to everyone he could still play. Cause I know that things really soured with Stan Bowman that I think, yeah, Yeah, the negotiations were like, I think to himself the last three years. But would he not have proved that in the playoffs? It's so short though. And, uh, he's still the best player in the world. Because I see it this way, like, yeah, you beat Edmonton. Yeah, but then, which I don't like, think a lot of people were expecting. But then, like, you go against Vegas, and it's like, okay, that's a real team. And it's against Robin Leonard. Yeah, no, that, that is a good. Yeah, no, no, Ed, Leonard was sort of the guy that it seemed kind of kicked. No, you make a good point there. Yeah, looking at it like that, and it's like the guy who beats me is. It's still not great of him that it's kind of like when people gave Pavel Datsu crap a few years ago. That was a few years left on his deal with Detroit. He you know, went to kind of bolted when yeah, he saw the writing a, on the that, wall. That, that, I feel like that one was a different situation because he went to Russia. Corey Crawford retired. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, there's, for me, I look at what's going on around us. Like, literally, like, we're back in lock. Like, Ontario's in lockdown. Quebec has a curfew. I don't know what the U.S. is doing, right? So, like, all these plays, and, and it's, and there's just this pandemic going on in the middle of a of an NHL season. And I know there's arguments. I, I went on Twitter when Ontario announced uh, Toronto and Ottawa can play, and it, the comments were um, not very happy, right? So, I think there must be a worry for some players 
And he's just one of the guys who said, you know what? It, I, I don't necessarily think it's worth it. That's why I give him the benefit of the doubt. So he has a family. What we remember is, you know, he'll, he'll go, he goes out on top. All right. I don't think any of us see Corey Crawford dragging out his career. I think he had, it's kind of like Lidstrom. There's gas in the tank, but it's not 100%. It's, it's like Patrick while he's gone out on top, right? Which is, which is all you want um, yeah. from a guy. Next, we have a retirement, but now we have a signing. Matthew Barzell, the Islanders have re-signed their RFA. Mm-hmm. Key player, probably their best player. Three-year deal worth $21 million. The cap hit is $7 million. And this is the really important part. His qualifying offer at the end of the deal will be $8.4 million. And he will be one year away from UFA mm. status. They wanted long-term, did Barzell. But with the Islanders' current cap situation and the world at large, and you know the, the NHL's cap situation for the yeah. It was not practical, but this was, it never felt like this was really in doubt that it was going to get done, but it did. And listen, they still have team control afterwards. He makes a bit of money. It's very similar to like Braden Point, the Kachuk deal. I think it's, it's a very fair deal on both sides, Alex. I don't know if you agree. No, I do. I mean, yeah, it's a fair deal for both sides. I don't see why, why it wouldn't be. I mean, he probably could have got a little bit more, but I don't. It's pretty fair deal. Like uh, he's gonna get paid in three years. Like mm-hmm. this isn't much yeah. of a question. Whether it's whether the system they play is good or bad or whatever, he's gonna get paid whether Lou likes it or not, whether he's there or not. Mm-hmm. Credit to both parties as well here, Daniel, um, because. Barzell was actually around. I believe he's quarantined there, so he can step back on camp like that. Mm-hmm. So there was already goodwill. And Lou got it done before the start of the season, which the Islanders, if they had started off without Matt Barzell, probably would have been a disaster. Yeah, and I really like the numbers. He's already proven that he can be a superstar in this league. And, and when I look at the comparables of these other offers that have been given the three years, like I think of David Pasternak or Nikita Kucherov, where, you know, there was a bit of a lower AAV, but that was before they really broke out into the stars they are now. But I think Barzell's already proven it. And the fact that he kind of accommodated the Islanders where he met them where they're at in terms of the cap situation, in terms of what they have on the roster. So I think it's a win for the Islanders. Like what you said about that whole, qualifying offer at the end of this deal like that's so smart like it's going to protect them against like potential offer sheets um i think there were a lot of uh tweets i can't remember it might be james myrtle where it's like this deal for lulamara looks like this is someone else's problem to deal with at the end of this deal and it, it's true like that is a pretty big like qualifying offer but it makes sense for to keep that star in new york so apparently that so it was it's eight put the qualifying offer is 8.4 but apparently they changed the way it works so remember last year or a couple years ago it was the last year of what what the salary was in your last year that's what your salary was going to be in your qualifying offer so now it's your bait your average cap hit times i think one point uh, times 14 percent 1.14 so after all these free all these RFAs try to try to beat the system and say, hey, Matthews, uh, Line A, 
uh, Besser, all the guys from, I think, last year said we want more salary at the end so that we can bump up that net, that qualifying offer. They got rid of that because the league is boring. <laughs> right. Uh, any other thoughts on Barzell, the deal, anything like that? No, it's really good. All right. I thought the holdout was going to be a lot longer. Sorry? I thought it was going to be a lot longer, the holdout. Well, I mean, Lou, man. I know. Well, again, I think a big part of it is Barzell. His powers. Is that and, and Barzell was – when Pasternak was holding out, the guy was still overseas. Mm-hmm. There was goodwill there. Okay, that goes a long way. Right? Barzell knows he's the guy there. Oh, William Nylander. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, you know. Um, okay. Um, this is not going to be the easiest topic to talk about, but for those of you – who don't know, Tony D'Angelo, defenseman for the New York Rangers, has once again gotten himself into some trouble. Now, I was thinking about this a lot over the last few days, including I was up, up very late last night thinking of how to really talk about this. And there's, there's two sides of Tony D'Angelo. I see a defenseman who I think it's at he's 0.54 points per game. 50 points plus last season doesn't give the puck away as much as a guy like Jeff Petrie and outscored him last season. Okay. There is all the skill in the world there. There is a talented hockey player, but he is, and he's not afraid to make his political views known, which listen, if you want to openly support, like I'm like, I'd say like, I'm a liberal. There's something wrong with that. When you have a problem, though, like with the, obviously everyone knows that Donald Trump's Twitter account has been permanently suspended. Now, after this happened, Tony D'Angelo decided to, you know, say on tw- basically he called Twitter a disgrace. He said, listen, you can follow my podcast or my Instagram account. That's where I'm going to be from now on. And then on his Instagram account, he said that if the site Parlor was back up, you could find him on there. Now, what's the big issue here, besides the fact that he's backing up Trump and everything that's going on with that, is, and for those of you who don't know what Parler is, from everything I understand, and by this site got taken down by like Apple, Amazon, Google, everything. First of all, if you look up Parler online, it's Parler Free Speech Social Network. And from all the readings I've been doing on like CNN Business and that, it seems to very much be a it's same with a CP24 article. So everyone's like, ah, seriously, CNN. It is favored by conservatives, and there seems to be a connection with people out there to the people who were rioting on Capitol Hill earlier in the week. And apparently, the site had about 98 examples of posts that quote clearly encourage and incite violence. And Tony D'Angelo was gone about, I'm going on there. The thing of Trump being taken down as a joke. And the Rangers apparently have dealt with it internally. It's kind of like the Nikita Mazabin stuff for past that there will be no public statement. It will be dealt with internally. But I cannot, and this is not the first time we've talked about this player. Eventually, it just goes from, oh, he's a goofball. He's like, this guy needs to shut up to, this guy is turning into a natural problem. 
And I don't know if I am at a point anymore where I want to see this guy in the league. He's not going to go anywhere, obviously, because he's a good hockey player. And this league kind of values that more than I don't. This is the league that couldn't work out how to go with the hockey diversity Mm -hmm. alliance. Like, let's let's be honest. Yeah, most most organizations are like that. Yeah, like most sports organizations are like, unless their players do something about it. I mean, where 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 do we go now with Tony D'Angelo? Um, just before that, this is no matter. So I just searched up parlor on, on Google just to see what would pop up and under you, it's like parlor.com, whatever it says parlors an unbiased social media focused on real use. Okay. Just whenever someone writes, and this is, this is my, from my experience, whether they're left, right, middle, left up, I don't know if they, if their first thing is we are an unbiased social media place. No, you're not. It doesn't matter. This is my experience. Uh, like, I've just it's it's very rare where they're actually unbiased. <laughs> just my opinion. But um, what to do with Tony D'Angelo is a great question. I I don't know is the is the thing um, because I'm perfectly fine with them with people expressing their things. Right, like. It, that's not what the issue is. And I think there are issues with Twitter, whatever. There's there's issues, not besides the point. But I don't know what to do with Tony D'Angelo because he's not going to go away. This isn't – how many times have – this is like what, the second or third time you've heard from the Rangers say we're going to deal with this internally? Mm-hmm. Right? Like this isn't the first time it's happened. So it's like, there's a part of me that's like, I can't deal with this anymore because like, I'm, there's so much other garbage, like there's stuff, other stuff I have to deal with that you are the, this guy is the last person I want to even think of when I wake up in the morning. But I know I need to, because the game needs to grow. We've, how many times have we had this discussion? So, uh, too many countless times right like so many times where it's like it's kind of redundant because we're just saying the same thing the game needs to grow there's a reason we're four out of four for once in their lives the nhl could say hey why don't we be first in something like what have they been first in ever there needs to be some actual consequence for this. And again, it, I, I haven't seen anything saying that, you know, there's some sort of suspension for the guy or just anything from the Rangers point of view. He's just such a, a meathead. I like, I, there, there are so many words that I cannot use on this podcast. that could be used to title Tony D'Angelo, but Dan, Dan your, your take, I mean, there's so many people like the Rangers aren't doing anything. The league are not going to do anything. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, I see the same thing towards Alex. What do you do with him? I think there's two points to that where I think when I look back on it, where it's in a weird way, I didn't think I'd be talking about Tony, Ange- Tony D'Angelo this much. I remember watching the 2016 draft and D'Angelo went 20th. Oh no, 19th to the lightning 2014. 
And I remember during that draft, Steve Eiserman just traded him like straight up for a second round pick that became Libor Hayek. And I remember um, thinking like, they just drafted this guy, like what was going on? And then I remember going through so many articles, so many tweets, and it's just this alleged thing about his attitudes um, about a player that, you know, you don't want to really build around, especially when I think we look at the core now, what the lightning has been able to do with those guys that have been brought up. And I didn't, I thought it ended, ended there where it kind of, okay, this guy probably has an attitude problem and you know how hockey is about the one identity thing, you know, you just want to push him out, you know, and, you know, cut the cost and get what you can for him because this guy was a recent first round pick. And the things that have escalated with this is that I know that a lot of people have said, look at his views, look at what he's been able to say the past few times. And people kind of just kind of dismissed it to say like, oh, well, you know, it, I, and the one thing that really bothered me were people like it's a breath of fresh air when you see someone in the NHL actually say something out of the team identity. But when it gets to that negative side of things, just now what Alex said, like this is the time, you know, the Rangers, you got to do something about it. You got to curb this because this is something that it's going to just kind of keep going. And I don't want it to get into that position where it's a, where they're going to be like, well, you know, outside of the game, they're open to their own views, but not when it incites this type of negativity, incites, you know, insurrection or violence. Just, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to speak on something that Adam said about the league and, and the team not doing anything. I don't know if you've noticed, and it could be just me, and I don't necessarily agree with how that how it's done, but this is just the reality, is that the league, especially the NHL, because of the just the 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 culture of the game where it's very closed and it's team oriented it's very we're not going to do something unless you physically twist our arm to do it that's very true that's right. a very that's why no one's doing anything about it. Reminds me of the boycotts of the games where even now other leagues are criticizing the NHL for being the last one to do that yeah and i mean it was and like both conferences didn't even do the same thing. Remember, the West had everyone at the at the pressers, and then the East just had captains. And then yeah. it was all about I don't watch the news. What are you doing? And and it is a difference between talking about the breath of fresh air thing, Daniel. There's a difference between Trevor Zegras saying we're gonna beat this goalie tonight, and giving off the impression that you support. An app that when he basically said he wanted to be on an app and that he would, you know, give his views there with the connections it's had to real life violence. Again, the moment that you attach yourself to Parler that has just gotten in trouble for inciting violence, you've lost any sort of ground to stand on. Tony D'Angelo does. Um, Do I, before we move on, it's just one more point is the way I kind of see this is and I know that it's different situations, but I think about Brendan Lepsick or, you know, something like that happens where like admittedly, like based on their careers, he is adept guy. That's, you know, a fringe NHLer, but he's someone that you could kind of bury in a way that, you know, you could just release him or, you know, he placed on waivers. And what about like Tony D'Angelo where, you know, he is a guy that has become a contributor to the Rangers. Like, do you just walk away from that? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a thing of 
do you do what's do you bet what is best for the team or do you do what's morally right there and mm-hmm. best for the team I guess like from the business side of things for like the range just like how it's gonna end. having that I don't agree yeah. with it is just how it's gonna happen mm-hmm. yeah I don't I don't necessarily think that's the best way to to handle it but there, yeah there's Leipzig who as you say fringed NHLer and then there's D'Angelo legitimate top four defenseman who people were talking about maybe getting Norris Trophy votes. Anyway, though, um, let's move on to some happier news. The Bruins have a new captain. Um, did you guys see the video of how they told Bergeron? I didn't. I saw the clip. I didn't see the, I didn't yeah. watch the entire thing, though. So if, if you guys listening who haven't seen it, so the Bruins are, you know, they're there. I believe Don Sweeney's there. And they're in the locker room. And it's like, all right. Time to name a new captain. Come up, come, come on up, Brad Marchand. And you can hear laughter. And they cut to Bergeron. And there's a mix of like, maybe there's like a shield of, of, of a little smile, but then there's also this look in his eye that's like, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> and like, as soon as Marchand gets up there, he's like, yeah, no, I'm not the captain. Let's get the real guy up here. And everyone starts laughing. They call him up. Patrice Bergeron, the best two-way player of all time. I said it is the new captain of the Boston Bruins. And there is no one more deserving of, of, of the C in any team in this league because Patrice Bergeron is perfect in every single way. I love him. As a Habs fan, I love him. Totally deserve. Congrats to him. Um, I think it's a long time waiting. And, you know, if I'm going to be this person that – I guess every episode does this. I remember looking back um, when they traded Joe Thornton to San Jose and they're like, because we want to build that center position and that leadership model off of, you know, this new guy, Patrice Bergeron, who's, you know, who's really coming up. So for me, it's kind of like finally in a way, because I know Char is a, is, has, was a great captain for the Bruins, but it was just kind of thing where it's just like, when is this guy going to get his chance? And then I didn't think, to be honest, I didn't think Char was going to hold on this long. I thought it was going to be like a Rod Brendamore kind of thing where he got the C when they won the cup for the Hurricanes. And then right after that, he's still playing, but he gave the C to Eric Stahl knowing that he'd be the future of the team. So I really kind of expected a situation like that to happen. But not even then, like I don't think it kind of diminishes anything. I think the perfect guy to lead the team, especially in like a, t- what it might be a tumultuous stretch for them. Oh yeah. <laughs> Alex. I mean, you guys said most of, most of it, like, I think he definitely deserves it, you know, being behind Chara for so many years, but we all knew like he was easily, he was as much of a captain uh, as Chara was, especially these last, the, the last few years. Um, I don't really think there was anyone else on that team who really deserved it more than him, even as a Leafs fan. Alex, before we move on, I just want to say something. Oh, you say as a go. Leafs fan. Here we go. Are you saying that the past few years, it's not a bad thing to have too much leadership on a team? I knew this was going to happen. No, it's not. Okay. Even if they're older. Okay. Just <laughs> um, getting some stuff up here. Okay, before we go on to our mini-season preview here, we're going to predict who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to win some awards, who's going to win the cup itself. Um, we, uh, you know, there was a scrimmage last night, the Leafs game uh, that was televised. The Montreal Canadiens have theirs tonight on NBS 2. 
Um, Daniel, I don't know what's quite been going on with the Ducks, but I'm assuming you're plugged in. Uh, do you guys have any sort of um, word on, on the teams we love before we move on? To this? Is it okay if I go first? Because mine is really not that imp- – like not as important as the Leafs or the Habs, what's going on with them. Um, important on this show. I'm just kind of annoyed oh, cool. <laughs> that Christian Drews got picked up of waivers by the Detroit Red Wings. That is like, I love Bob Murray, but that is really bad asset management because they traded Daniel Sprong to get him. And they traded Marcus Pedersen to get Daniel Sprong. And I don't understand what's going on. Everyone's like, oh, look at the positive of this. Jamie Drysdale is probably going to make the team now. But just think, no, I wanted him to play one more year of junior. Like, you're not rushing. Don't rush him. Daniel, I'm sorry to hear. I remember seeing that move. I'm like, oh, okay, it sucks for Anaheim. But it didn't hit me that you'd be this upset. I think it just, in a way, just is that asset management. I know that they have a lot of guys coming up, but – like what we've said before, where the Ducks are, Jamie Drysdale is not going to play well because looking at that depth chart, he's not going to get anything playing on the third pairing. Not being like, you know, he's used to being that guy on the power play unit. Like he's not going to get that if you have Cam Fowler, Kevin Shattenkirk, like Campus Lindholm already at the point. You could, I was going to say, maybe you ease him in on the protected, you know, top six role and then give him some power play time. I mean, the thing is, I think of Mikhail Sergachev, but the thing is, the Ducks are not as good defensively <laughs> as the Lightning to kind of shelter him in that same way. Man, uh, listen, 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 listen. And I, you know, yeah. this is all hypothetical, but the only thing is, like, looking back on it, it's like, I love Marcus Patterson. It's just, man, that trade, like, to get Daniel Sprong, like, that was, that was, you know, not good. With his age, is he eligible? Like, does he have to go once the season, once the CHL is back? Does he have to go back to Erie? Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe in their eyes they see him as ready. He or, could still technically come back for third world juniors. Really? Yeah. I mean, he'll want revenge after what happened in the gold medal game. But, I mean, hey, I'm, well, maybe he can pleasantly surprise you, Daniel. Maybe. It's just... Yeah, I mean, like Drysdale thing. That that's the positive. It's just again asset management, not 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 the best look. It's all about after, asset management. Like yeah. after that tournament, be happy you got Drysdale. I wouldn't lose your knocker over Christian Juice. Mm. That's just me though. For sure, it's just yeah, just that one thing. Just you know, one of the times Jim Rutherford won a trade. That's yeah. a first. Why are we so mean to Pittsburgh? We love Pittsburgh. It. It's just kind of like. You've got the, the you got the Penguins jersey on. What is I know it? I do. I think okay, we're gonna talk about Pittsburgh for a bit. I think the one thing I just kind of feel with it just you have Malkin and Crosby, you have Chris Letang. Like, all right, all right, hold, stop, stop there. I need to make this point for my season predictions. I need. Okay, okay. <laughs> stop, stop please, um, please, no, Alex. No, do you know what Daniel's really good at doing? Giving the both of us nightmares. Oh, he always brings up Tuka Rask, Justin Pogi, Andrew Raycroft, and then he'll like throw in like Mikhail Sergachev in there too. Like that's what he's just good at. I don't think he does it on purpose, but like it he's just, just secretly he's just secretly good at that. Um, with the Leafs, if I'm being honest, I didn't watch the scrimmage last night. Why? Because it's a meaningless scrimmage game. It's more. It's it. Yeah. It's okay. oh, <laughs> damn it, damn it, Daniel. It's like 
there's there's the regular season games, there's like preseason games, and then there's scrimmage games. See how my hand's not even in the camera. For those of you watching on the audio version, it started at the top of the screen, then the lower part. And when Alex got the scrimmage, it went off screen completely. It's mm-hmm. great to watch. Like, it's like great. I haven't watched the Leafs play since like, what? I don't even remember. July, maybe the beginning of August, if I can remember the dates properly. Um, what are what are dates? What is I time? Know. I don't know. know. It doesn't even feel like Sunday. Um it's Sunday? great. <laughs> it's great to watch them, but it's like, what am I supposed to take out of this game? Like, I watched the highlights, but I didn't. I'm not gonna make my predictions based on watching one scrimmage game. It's like watching the preseason, saying, "Well, you know, Colorado's gonna win just because of that one preseason game they played." It's it does it's ridiculous to me. I think one thing I kind of take from that is just the one question I have for you is: Are you comfortable that Pierre Engvall is playing the third line center? Um, I I uh, not really, and I don't think Sheldon Keefe was either. I just saw a tweet uh, of a quote saying that Pierre needs to be better. You know what he has to do? Like Christian Horner. He has to push. Push Pierre. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm not necessarily the most comfortable. I'd rather have Alex Kerfoot playing third line center. Yeah, I thought that was the plan. I he was day to day. Yeah, bumps and bruises. That's why. Oh, bumps and bruises. Oh, um, who Marco Rossi? Eh, that's a tough one. Out indefinitely. Upper body. It's probably his back after carrying the Austrians. Oh, <laughs> no. Poor guy. Poor guy. Oh. Um, I guess for Montreal, yeah. If you have RDS two. Go watch the scrimmage game. It's basically the Canadians versus Jake Allen today. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait to watch it. Um, and the, I really – he's probably not going to get claimed, but I really – regardless, I want to put the good vibes in the air that Noah Jolson does not get claimed today because I just want him to just go to Laval, play some games, same with Caden Primo, and just – he's okay. Jordan Wheel was also put on waivers, so if he goes to the AHL or more likely the taxi squad – the Canadians would be about 40,000, according to Cap Friendly, over the cap. And every teams need to be compliant by the 12th, right? So if you want Adam's prediction, it's not going to be Corey Perry. It's not going to be Bob Iron. Mikhail Froelich will probably be that taxi squad guy going on. It sounds like the Canadians are very much doing a 21-man roster at the moment. Smart. And it's, it's 22 at the very second, and Froelich's just that obvious guy. Because they're liking Perry a lot, and Claude Julian loves Just Paul. like us. I mean, yeah, Fro League, what a guy. Yeah. Does that include their third goalie? I guess. Uh, I don't even know what's going on with that because they they have to have. It's Michael McNiven, right? Because they have to have three goalies. Oh, okay. They have to have three goalies. They can. The third one can either be on the taxi squad or the roster. Mm. Never mind me. Lindgren is getting waived today. Yeah. But I don't know if when they're like. Is it going to be that last, like the 12th, they're going to announce the official taxi squads? Because, yeah, like McNiven is still a possibility. Knowing the NHL, probably. But, you know, I mean, Lindgren, I mean, I I don't know how much faith they still have in the guy. I wouldn't a third goalie. I mean, he's not going to play in the AHL. If he he is, he'd probably go to Rocket Camp and he's fighting Demchenko for the backup job because Primo, it's Primo's net. Mm Mm-hmm. We said it before. Charlie Lindgren is Mike Condon 2.0. I mean, he's really Dustin Tokarski 3.0. But did he win at the World Juniors? 
I mean, I don't think he did. I don't. I don't think he did. Um, but I doesn't doesn't scream out. The Americans have had some good goalies in the past couple of years. So, um, like Spencer Knight. Too bad the Russians didn't. Yeah, I went there. What? You can't say that about the Leafs prospect to Alex like that. No, you're not talking about Artur Akhtyamov. Okay? Thank you. I, was not, I, could, I never say his name properly. He's talking yeah. about Yaroslav Askarov. He's quickly cleaning out everything for the show notes I have on my phone. All right. It's time for the 2-on-1 podcast official season preview of previewing the season. We should have a song to introduce that. So we will start with the playoffs, guys, and we'll start with the very, 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 very easy to look at West Division. I don't remember who they're sponsored by, but I'll find out. I don't have to. I don't have to stay by that. So, um, starting with Daniel, let's see if he sticks with this. Who's making the playoffs in the West for you? Hold on, I have a lot of honorable mentions. Go to um, Alex first. It's the Honda. It's the Honda West Division. Okay. The West Division brought to you by Honda. Buy a car. So where four teams can make the playoffs, you have honorable mentions. Like, what do you mean? Like, there's – what? You can't have honorable mentions for this. That's not how it works. Because, okay, the way I see (laughs) this division and, you know, I'm always optimistic for a lot of things. But, you know, there's a lot of what-ifs in that (laughs) division. I'm not going to lie. Like, looking at them – to lock it was pretty hard to be like okay who's gonna get up get upset because we talked about it before you know with me how alex saw the uh my 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 fantasy lineup for my teams you know i never i always go off the board you know i always go like you know we cannot look at the past to determine the future okay okay can i can i present the honda division yes uh, West Division, brought to you by Honda, the power of dreams. <laughs> oh, you want me to do it? Sorry. I didn't know I was going. I just wanted to introduce it, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, first, uh, I have Colorado, obviously. Like, I don't think yeah, yeah. it really needs to be explained uh, why, because they are just very good. They added Devin Tays. They added Brandon Saad. Like, uh, yes, they didn't address their goalie issue. But I think that might become more of an issue when they make the, when when they're in the playoffs compared to when they're who they're playing, who's in their division. Mm-hmm. Number two, I have the Vegas Golden Knights. Good. Uh, you know, yeah, you lose Nate Schmidt, you lose Paul Statsny, uh, but you bring in Alex Petrangelo. Well, oh, he's a pretty good player, I hear. Um, you you keep Robin Leonard, yeah. You keep Mark Andre Fleury too, so you have a pretty good goalie tandem there. But I'm worried about their center depth, kind of. But I think that again, these issues I think are going to be they're going to be issues in the playoffs rather than during the regular season. Okay. Um, number three, are you want me to keep going? Or did yeah, you yeah, want to okay. Number three, the St. Louis Blues, despite what Daniel said last week, <laughs> Jordan Binning, like, yes, Jordan Bennington maybe is not superstar Calder winning level, but. Uh, oh, you went there. But um, I think he's good enough. Like, obviously, 
I'm a little bit worried about their backup goalie situation. Yeah. Uh, you know, yes, Mike Hoffman isn't Vladimir Tarasenko, but I still think the team around them, like they, yes, they added Tori Krug. Like I know he's not Alex Petrangelo, but he's still Tori Krug. Indeed. Number number four. This I, I had a tough one because it's like I was gonna swing my way towards the Coyotes, but I didn't because I think the Coyotes are in way too much turmoil to be a, a decent team next year. Mm-hmm. And I went with the San Jose Sharks. The bounce back year. Yeah, I think you know we talked about Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson hasn't played in almost a year. That guy has, it's been that long. And and usually that might be a bad thing. But I think the fact that we kind of had an idea, he wasn't really 100% healthy, plus Brett Burns. And, you know, I know their depth isn't huge, but I think it's going to be a bounce back year. I think Devin Dubnik might have a bounce back year too. Um, when we'll see what happens. Okay, Daniel. Who, All right. Who are you going with here? Thank you again, Honda, for still making manual transmission cars. They're all great. Um, not brought you by any of these division names, by the way. Yes. Um, okay, so obvious, Colorado. We're all fans of them on the show. We know what they have. They've gotten better, and I, I'm excited to see Bowen Byram. Yep. Number two, and, you know, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go to Vegas, even though I've criticized their depth outside of being, you know, they're a very top-heavy team that, you know, the Nate Schmidt thing, like Alex said, it's going to kind of hurt them, I think, because he was a guy that's been there for so long. Um, that chemistry factor is kind of kind of wonky there. I think, like, Petrangelo, you know, great player. Um, how is he going to fit with them right away? I'm not sure, but I, I like how, what their group is looking like. In terms of goaltending, again, you know, a lot of money, but I still love Flurry. <laughs> I still like Robin Leonard, so I think there's a lot going on there. So number three is I'm going to go with Anaheim and I've said it before. I know that it's a bit of a risky thing to say, but I think that what they've been able to do with their prospects, what they've been able to do with the guys that have stayed that they could do something. They have John Gibson, who's going to be healthy. They brought back Ryan Miller. They have Lucas Dostal or Anthony Stolarz being that third goalie. And, you know, Dostal's, you know, projected in reality and in the NHL games to be a starter. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and number four, and, you know, this is a tough one, but I'm going to flip what I said about the Minnesota Wild, and I think I'm going to go with the San Jose Sharks. So the St. Louis Blues do not what? make the playoffs, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I think the Sharks are going to have a bounce back <laughs> year. Um, they have certain pieces that are, that, you know, could potentially break out for them you know i like dylan gambrel i like ryan donato i like kevin lebank um i think it's enough for them to get there but not be a contender and again like i still like eric carlson mark edward vlasic and brent burns i think that these are two great guys that haven't really shown that same you know i guess umph in the last year or two but i think that the time away gave them a better perspective because I look back and I know this is a few years ago, but I look back when they didn't make the playoffs after the 2015 season where they had a weird shuffle of like the captaincy of the depth players. And then they go on to have a surprising cup run. It's probably not going to be that same extent, but I think 
just that revitalization of the leadership of, okay, this is what we got. This is what we can do. And then, you know, all the injuries, especially the Eric Carlson are going to be there. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not doubting Devin Dubnik because he is the perfect narrative for this team as well. A guy who was injured, played a lot and needs a new environment. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. You're saying St. Louis is missing over Minnesota. Okay. All right. I know you sir, you went back on Minnesota and you went on San Jose. Okay, right. I obviously went with Colorado. I have been a fan on this. I have been a fan of this group since before it was cool, especially McKinnon. Everyone's like, oh, he'll outscore McDavid this year. I've been on since it was I've Quebec on this this wagon for years now. Yeah. All right, and I'm proud of it. I feel like I started the movement for Colorado, not Sackick, but it was. He me. told Joe Sackick to draft. Nathan McKinnon, not Seth Jones. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. Okay. Number two, I also have Vegas. I mean, I, I, I have a feeling about Cody Glass taking that next step. He'll get the opportunity with Stastny on. I could care less about Nate Schmidt because Theodore and Petrich, I know chemistry, but like what chemistry is there going to be when the, like an Olympian is just going to come and still in his prime, still one of the best defensemen in the league and Theodore is going to be his other partner or hell you split them up and you got to deal with that. I mean, there's, I have zero doubt with there. Leonard's amazing. The true number one starter of that team. You can't ask for much better goalies than that. I see you. It's right, Daniel. <laughs> and Mark Stone is underratedly a monster. Um, so I, it's so simple to put these two teams. Number three, St. Louis. I don't think, I think the gap between Colorado Vegas and St. Louis will be bigger because of their goaltending and how much of a known it is past Bennington slash what even will Bennington look like. Especially on the blocker side we keep talking about. Um, and their defense, I mean, yeah, it doesn't have a Trangelo. It's still Pareko and Krug. It's still Justin Falk, Scandella. It's still um oh my god, it's still Vince Dun 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 Dun. Who's the sixth guy, Pertuzzo? That's still a much better defense than most teams have. And again, Hoffman is still gonna pot 30-40 goals. Like you stick him. With O'Reilly, O'Reilly's going to do all the work. They still have Shed. Mm-hmm. There's just so much to still like about St. Louis. And offensively, I think they're going to be a step up because of what Tory Krug can bring to that power play. And when Tarasenko was back for a playoff run, oh boy, I think you keep your eye on St. Louis. But for the regular season, I definitely think they'll be third, but there will be a gap from the other two teams. Fourth, yeah. I said this last episode, so I'm going to stick by it. Um, San Jose. You guys know I may be the biggest Eric Carlson fan in the world. Yeah. More than his wife, honestly. I love Not him. Alex? No. Not what? what? Not Alex from his Ottawa years? No. Mike? No. Okay. <laughs> is this where we're going? Why are you saying what? Oh, because Alex is a Leafs fan. Okay, you know, just keep going. Where do you go? Okay, anyway. Yeah, you guys know. And yeah, I- I've been someone who's very who's really hoping that Carlson looks back. I'm not going to lie. When I made this prediction, I kind of forgot Jones and Dubnik were their tandem. And I kind of want to change this prediction, but I'm going to stand by what I said last episode. Maybe to my detriment, but at the same time, Gambrell, Donato, additions that we don't talk about. Everyone forgets how good Thomas Hurdle is. And Logan Couture may have, you know, gone and being punched in the bar for saying stuff we don't mm. know exactly. He's still a damn good player that if he got 30 goals, I wouldn't be surprised. But honestly, after, in my opinion, Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis, 
anyone could get that fourth spot, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I have to stick with my guns and say San Jose. Okay, next we'll go. We'll we'll go to the Central Division. Wait. And I, I mean, guys, like uh, Tampa's gonna win it, right? Can we just can we just blanket statement Tampa's winning, and then we all just go on our other three, please? Can I introduce Don't you mean- the Central Division? Sorry? Don't you mean this? Yeah, okay. Can I introduce the Central Division? Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. The 2021 NHL Central Division brought to you by Discover. We treat you like you treat you. And the Discover Division champions will be the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Alex, you're presenting it. Why don't you give us your. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the slogans. I hope you know I'm introducing every division. Yeah, man. Why not? <laughs> we'll do the East after this. So we okay. Uh, yeah, number one, I have Tampa Bay. Like, obvious reasons. I don't really think losing Zach Bogosian was that big of a deal. But, don't um, say that, Alex. <laughs> and Kevin Shanker. And like, Carter Verhage. Okay. But you get the point. Like, I don't think they're that... It's not like they've been depleted. Like they're missing Nikita Kucherov and they're still going to finish first. Yeah. Right. Like I don't think it's that big of a deal. They signed Anthony Sorelli. They signed uh, Sergachev, like, like, uh, and Eric Cernak. I think they'll be fine. Uh, number two, I went with the Carolina Hurricanes. Yep. Um, I think. You know, despite their goaltending, I think their goaltending is set up in a way that's kind of perfect for a short season because they're used to playing, they're used to splitting the games. It's not like they have an outright number one. Um, they, I hope they bounce back, like they have really good seasons again. Um, they still have those young guys that are getting better, like. I mean, Teravainen's in his prime. Uh, Aho and Sveshnikov are still young and getting better. So I think they're really set up well to succeed. Plus their defense. Like, okay, you lost Sammy Vatanen. Big deal. Did you ever play a game for them? No. No. So I think they're fine. Like, I really think they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Number three, I have the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, yeah, they're going to miss a couple of their guys to start the season, but I still think they have a strong enough team, especially with Bishop and Hudobin. Uh, is Bishop injured? I I don't think so. That might have been in my GM mode, and now I'm getting those two things confused. And I don't I know what is reality and what is NHL yes, 21. Bishop is injured. You're probably right. You flip a coin, honestly, with him. Well, either way, like I think even with Hudobin, if the playoffs really, or even the last couple of seasons have meant anything, he's a good backup, but can also come in to play a little bit of starter if, if he needs to. And once they get their full team back together, like once Sagan is back, I, I really think it's going to be a really good team. And really, they could finish second. The only reason I'm not putting them second is because they're missing missing guys to start the season. Uh-huh. Um, number four, this might be an odd pick, but I'm going to pick them anyways. The yeah. Florida Panthers. Okay. It is, suburb- uh-huh. it's, it is Sergei Bobrovsky's on here. Technically, um, plus I think they made some some decent additions. If I can find where I wrote them down, but the ones that come off of top of my head, uh, Marcus Nudivara. Mm-hmm. Um, who did they add? Uh, well, I mean, they added Alex Wenberg, 
who's not the greatest, but I still think it's a decent signing. Yep. Like just it the was money. Just, it was just his me. cap hit. That yeah. was the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, trading Mike Matheson for Patrick Hornquist. Yep. Like wonderful. Like I think Patrick Hornquist can be really useful. Anthony Duclair. Like these are all guys that make the team team better. Plus they drafted Spencer Knight. So yeah, good player. He's not playing yet. Not yet, but still a good player. Um, I okay, yeah, and who is your fourth team? That oh, no, was my fourth. Yeah, team. Panthers. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, Daniel. I will go next. All right. There's a reason why because I want to start. I want to start with the East Division, so I'm doing a loop here. Okay. Okay. So. Wait, this is the East or the Central? What did you say? The Central. No, no, the Central, but I want to. I'm trying to rotate it, and I really want to start with the East. So when I go around, so that's why I'm going now. So then Daniel will go to. So it's a whole thing. Don't worry. It's clockwork. Don't worry about it. It's just the process. Yeah. Okay. Central. Tampa are winning it. Carolina are just such a good regular season team. Continue to disappoint in the playoffs, though. Um, they have the talent and scoring touch second to Tampa in this division. Dallas have one of the best tandems in the league. When Ben Bishop is healthy, he is amazing. You know, I'm a big fan of Bishop, honestly. Uh, plus, I mean, all Gurionov is set to have a breakout year this year. I'll, you know, signs point to it as long as bonus bothers to give him some quality power play time. And who knows, maybe this is the year that Tyler Sagan puts a consistent, well, when he's healthy, can finally put together a string of consistency and get past his bad luck. I don't know. But I mean, Dallas are, I don't love Dallas. I never really have loved the makeup of their team. Um, and you would hope that Radulov goes back to normal instead of continuing to sort of dip down like he looks like he is. And for fourth, I actually have Nashville. I like their team. I don't love Nashville. <laughs> kind of like Dallas. I never have. But I think there is still potential there. And with their roster, I still I really, really like Granlin. I really, I really like Victor Arvidsson. You still have Yossi, who did not deserve the Norris Trophy, but won it. There is still a lot there. And I mean, you can, if we're talking about Bobrovsky having a good year, Pecorino is set to have one as well, <laughs> based on the flip. <laughs> Or Yusisaros could look good. Maybe Ilatovanin finally you know, proves himself. Um, and I don't hate the fact that they brought in Eric Howla as well. And do you know what? There's a feeling I have that Johansson's going to turn everything around. I don't know why, but I, I, yeah. I'm, rooting I'm rooting for him. And again, their defense speaks for itself. Fabro's another year older. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just there isn't much to say about um, this division for me. Like, again, the fourth slot is, is quite open, but I mean, looking at the rest of the central division, like Columbus, I think they lost, we don't know what they are right now. They lost a few kind of key pieces, but I just, I, or are Detroit going to make it? I don't know. Daniel, you tell me, do you have Detroit make it? Who are you for a team? Okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to go through the obvious already because we've, you know, you guys said great things about them already. So we already know Carolina, Tampa Bay, both making it. Um, obvious reasons for Tampa. Carolina, I love the team. You know, they're going to probably live and die by their goaltending because everything else looks spot on. As long as they don't play Boston, then James Ryan will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I heard, I saw that one coming. Um, I don't think Boston has to worry about that this year. Um, 
my third team has to be Columbus. I still am a big fan of the third? Blue Jackets. Yes, of their uh, their playing style. It's just the way they've been able to kind of, you know, a throwback to the trap systems of of Jack Lemaire on the New Jersey Devils, of, you know, clogging up that neutral zone, of the t- players that they bank on to break out. I think that the system they have is just too good, and I love their goaltending. I love Evelyn Smirz-Lincolns. I love Jonas Corpusalo. I think that that could be arguably one of the most consistent, if not the best tandems in the league next year or this season. You know what else works in Columbus's favor? Hmm. Tortorello's got new content, new video to show them after the checks. <laughs> He's like, it's just it's this easy, guys. Come on. And uh, fourth, I actually have the Florida Panthers. You don't have Dallas making it? I don't have Dallas making it because two things. A lot of injuries, inconsistencies with things, and I don't expect – Okay, the way, way I saw it is I know that they have the young guys coming up, but I think that they need another year or so to really kind of refine things for that consistency like Gurianov or, um, you know, Julius Honka, Radek Vasca, if he comes back, um, you know, Thomas Harley, if he makes the team, uh, Riley Tuft, if he finally, you know, out of his NCAA um, success kind of brings it now. I I just don't believe in Jamie Benn or Tyler Sagan. <laughs> uh, with Florida, I, and, you know, this is going to be pre- precursor to a lot of things, but I think they have two, or three really good players, but I think for later on, what we're going to talk about awards, two really good players, and I won't say their names now, but two really good players that will help lead the team. I think that what they really addressed with things was, you know, the depth. I think that they have certain guys there that will kind of help, because I think the biggest problem they had with them was they were way too top-heavy. They had the elite players at the top, and... They just didn't have anything to show for it. I like the Anthony Duclair signing, but at the same time, like I like that they have Frank Vitrano. I like Brett Conley. I like Noel Chari. I like what they have at that bottom six that will really kind of help them, uh, you know, get to the nitty gritty of things because what we saw last year was too much of that top line, too much of that top pairing. I mean, Miro Heiskin is going to win the Norris Trophy now because you've disrespected the <laughs> John Klingberg is going to be right there too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that save, by the way, save these prediction guys that so we can see how we did. All yeah. right, Alex, would you like to do the honors and present the next division, please? 2021 NHL East division brought okay. to you by Mass Mutual. We'll help you get there. All right. I think <laughs> this is, this, this is a division that I think definitely could have the most sort of, there was some, I think we, we might disagree the most in this. This is my most hot take division. Okay, same here, actually. Washington, well, this isn't. Washington's going to win the division, in my opinion. Then more Philly. Kada hot. Kada hot. Provorov is yucky good. No one talks about how good Provorov is. So good. Um, but, yeah, you know, I've got that soft spot for, for Carter Hart. And, again, Washington or Washington. And Samsonov. I don't think Craig Anderson's the worst. I just – I know he's getting older, but boy, he just, he has that ability to just come in and just ruin days for the other team. I'm Craig Anderson, man. And again, Alex Ovechkin's a pretty good player. Don't know if you've heard it, but. Um, really? Yeah. And then Philly are just, I mean, Philly, I know people say they're on the up and up. I think in some aspects they are. I mean, Voracek and Giroux aren't getting any younger, but I mean, you know, Konechny's young, you know, obviously the defense is pretty solid. Third, I have Pittsburgh. 
as much as we have laughed at Pittsburgh this offseason, they still have Latang, they still have Jari, they still have Pedersen. They still have a forward group that holds Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, remember him, he's healthy, and Jason Zucker. And Sidney Crosby, we do not, I know I just mentioned him. It's Sidney Crosby. I know everyone's been like, ah, McDavid, ah, Drysaddle, ah, McKinnon. Let's not forget that Sidney Crosby still has, still, like, if there's an international team, Today, no disrespect to McDavid, but there is not a player I trust more to lead a team than Sidney Crosby. Yeah. And fourth, this you know this goes to last episode what I said the Bruins are going to miss. This is my I saw a points projection today and it had the Bruins doing really really well. But I'm going to do do the hot take here. I mean, Marshan will get traded because they realize they don't need him because they have Craig Smith. Pasternak too. It's going to be great, but they're going to miss the playoffs. And here's the hot take. I don't, I don't want to be boring here, so I'm going to gamble on Buffalo making it. Or I should say that I am betting on Michael <laughs> and Hull yeah, yeah. along with a breakout year from Rasmus Dahlin. Not from, from longtime captain Eric Stahl? No. no I mean, Stahl's not bad. He's not bad. But, I mean, that team lives or die by Jack Eichel. And Taylor Hall is trying to secure a small fortune this season. So, um and you know what? I have faith in Buffalo. I, I had faith in them last year, and they blew it on me. But I think they've. Got, I think they they're gonna do it. I, I really do. The Buffalo Sabers, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Adam. Yeah. If I told you that <laughs> we have <laughs> these same four teams, the only difference is Philadelphia's first and Washington is second. Would you believe Kidding. me? I'm dead serious. <laughs> I think this is the most we've ever agreed on this show. Like the central, I think we had the same. The east, we pretty much had the same. The west, we had the same. I think we've we've disagreed so far on Columbus and Florida. And that's it. Did you put Columbus fourth? I uh, no, I put. Um, sorry, no, I, no, I'm sorry, no. I, Daniel, you had Columbus. No, I had Columbus. Sorry, yeah, Nashville. Disagree on yeah, Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, yeah. That's the wow. only thing. Well, I mean, since you have it, I mean, sorry to make you go last again, Daniel. You can open with the North Division. But, like, okay, then, Alex, give me the reason why we agree. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so Pittsburgh, like, from the top, Philadelphia, I think they have pieces that are getting better, like Provorov, Carter Hart, Oscar Limbaum, et cetera. Mm-hmm that fit really well with that team. Plus, you know, you bring in, I, I know they didn't make many moves this off season. The one they did make was bringing in Eric Gustafson. And, and I think that's a, you know, I know he's not um, who retired. Why can't I remember his name? Matt Niskanen. I know he's not Matt Niskanen oh, per good. se. We'll be breaking any jaws. But, no, but, no. but, but I still think he's a good addition um, to that team locking up Philip Myers was a good one. Like, yes, the JVR contract isn't great, but he's a semi good, like he's a semi decent player. Like he's not bad by, by any means, but you've, uh, you've, this team is really gelling together. And I think that's why they're, they're going to take one step forward, especially over Washington. Whereas Washington, I think you lose Braden Holtby, who I get hasn't been the greatest the last couple of years, but it, he's still a, he was still somewhat of a leader in that locker room. I think 
there might be a little bit of a shakeup, especially with, you know, what was rumored in the summer, whether it was true or not. I don't know, but you know, I, I just think that Philadelphia is, there's just that extra something in Philadelphia that I think might be missing in, in Washington this year. Um, Pittsburgh, you, you know, you had to trade Matt Murray. I think Tristan Jari's going to be good next year. Again, don't count out Sidney Crosby. You bring in a couple new guys. Plus, you know, we forgot Jason Zucker was more of a deadline move. So he didn't have that full season to kind of intertwine with the team. And I think the bubble plus this, this next season is going to be really good for him. So I think we'll, we'll see a different Jason Zucker plus Crosby and Malkin Buffalo. I do not like their goaltending at all. Like I'm really trusting Linus Allmark here a lot, a lot. But again, like you said, they're, we had this discussion. Their top six is, is quite interesting. It's absolutely bizarre to me why Jeff Skinner's playing on the fourth line in recent practices. I hope that's not going to be the case. But These are the money. Yeah, like you're paying him $9 million. Did we forget about this? I think they wish they could. <laughs> like, whatever. But yeah. I think their top six is really good. You know, I really think if they give Dylan Cousins a shot – he really impressed a lot of people at the world juniors. And I think he can make an impact on that team, whether it's the bottom or the top six Rasmus Dahlin is, is still really good. Like their defense is okay, but I think a lot of bets are going to be hedged on their, on, on that forward core. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's going to be a successful season. Good. Daniel, let's see where you go here. All right. Um, a few hot takes here. Well, we have the same three teams, just everything was kind of like all jumbled up. Yeah. So I actually believe Pittsburgh takes the division. Um, I know people are going to say that, oh, look at their core. It's like, you know, on the other side of 30. But, okay, this is where I see it. So you have Crosby, you have Malkin, you have Latang, And it's not like they just stop there, you know. They have John Marino. They have Jake Gensel. They have Brian Russ. They have Jason Zucker. They have all these things going for them that I think that they've been able to kind of refuel and retool here and there, despite the fact like, okay, look at everything that's great about them, except the bottom pairing of their defense. And you're fine. Um, I think Casey DeSmith has shown already, you know, like this is a guy that I kind of feel like if I'm going to make this the point of it, Casey DeSmith, where he's already been an NHL goalie. And then they kind of just put him in the AHL for like a year and a half. Yeah, they were trade things with him for a while too. Yeah, and he's he's proven that he can play. He's proven that you know he could kind of take some starts away. But I think Tristan Jari is going to be the better goalie. Maybe I'm just being a bit optimistic, but I think he is going to be better than what Matt Murray's kind of shown since you know the first Cup run because the second Cup run he was kind of injured and all that, and you know it was actually Flurry that had quite a still a lot of games, but. Again, um, I think second is going to be Philly. I really like their team. I don't think they're going to have the same kind of run they had last season where we, you know, Alan Vion really kind of changed the culture of the team mid-season. You know, I, again, I'm probably the number one fan on this show of Sean Couturier. I think he is going to lead that team. I think he should be the captain, by the way. Um, But 
they have a lot going on. Like even when we look at that core, you look past it, you have German Rubsoff. You have um, a lot of these guys, Joel Faraby, who could make impacts. They've already made impacts on this team that Philly's the same type of team too. Like, you know, they don't have another, you know, they don't have a Malkin or a Crosby, but they have guys who are coming up that could retool them. I don't think the Matt Niston one's going to hurt them as much, but I, I like what they have. You know, again, Carter Hart, he will probably be a top three goalie for me this year. Um, yeah, third, Washington, you know, just consistency, uh, what they have already, you know, never count out Ovechkin. Um, I, I sound very unenthusiastic un- <laughs> to talk about them, but I think there's not really much to say other than that, other than that, you know, they have what they have, and I just hope they bounce back from what they showed in the bubble. It's really Washington that has been the same team for about a decade. Yeah. yeah. Um, fourth, I'm going to go with the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> Oh boy, I hope Mike's not listening. I like what they have. Um, I don't think that they're in, you know, that huge rut that I think we thought they were. I think that what they tried to do last year was reminded me of old New York Rangers teams where they kind of just bought their way into trying to get a playoff spot. Like I think of Chris Jury or like Scott Gomez. But the way I look at this team is that I think they're more focused now. They were able to kind of get out of some of the bad contracts. They were able to kind of see, okay, you know, you can't just keep trading or signing for these guys and try to fill the gaps. I think now they look at what their core has. I think Nico Hishier is going to have a breakout year. I think Jack Hughes is finally going to get accustomed to playing center or, you know, he's going to get accustomed to playing in the top six. Um, defense, I think, and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's because you watch the workout videos. But I think P.K. Subban's going to have a bounce back year. I like what David Severson has become for this team. And Mackenzie Blackwood's going to take another step. That's bold. New Jersey's That's very bold. bold. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're even saying it after they've lost Corey Crawford. I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, Alex, go ahead and introduce, and then, Daniel, you can start with the North. Okay. The 2021 NHL North Division. Brought to you by Scotiabank. You're richer than you think. That is a great slogan, by the way. That's hilarious. I love that. That should be the preview of the episode. Um, okay, so the for, name of the episode. <laughs> I think to start it again, obvious. You know, I'm going to use the James Myrtle article again to reference this, but you know, no more excuses. Toronto wins this division. Um, second for me, and I don't know. There's going to be a toss up. So we're going to be kind of like a second place, but honorable mentions of this team goes second or third. So it's going to be between Montreal and Vancouver. Um, I think that they have a lot of the pieces there to kind of make these runs. Montreal, again, I think they're a team where they didn't really say it out loud, but it's a kind of no excuses kind of thing either. They kind of are not stretching that talent they had anymore. Like, you know, we're seeing... They've said said that they have to win now. Yeah. Like, they don't have the Arteri Lekkonen playing on, like, the top six anymore. I think that's just one example, I think, of that they've been able to add a lot of talent there, and they can contend. Uh, Vancouver, you know, a bit of step back with the depth, but I like what they've been able to kind of foster now. Um, You know, they... The fact that they're betting on Niels Hoaglander to be in that top six right now with Bo Horvat in the second line kind of shows that they still have a lot of things to figure out in terms of the youth, but it's going in the right direction. And 
you know, Quinn Hughes, excellent player. Um, Travis Halmanick, another stay-at-home defenseman, kind of guy that wants to stay in the West Coast to stay with his family. I think that's going to be a great addition. Um, Thatcher Demko, I think. Thatcher Demko and Braden Holtby, I think great balance. You know, Holtby looks great when he has that opportunity to not have to play the bulk of everything. He doesn't have to be a guy that plays 70 games a season. So I think it's a perfect situation for them. Um, so that's my two and three. Uh, fourth will either be, and I don't know why I'm counting out Calgary, but I'm counting out Calgary because I like what Winnipeg has. But at the same time, it's kind of tied with Calgary because Calgary is more of the consistent model. While Winnipeg is going to be up to Patrick Line on if he wants to stay and what we're going to kind of get out of him as he enters a contract year, what he wants to do, whether or not he wants to embrace that I'm going to stay with Winnipeg long-term or, you know, let me out. Because I think when he does that, that's just, that just disrupts the team. With Calgary, subtle, no excuse kind of thing too. They have the talent. They have added a lot of pieces. And, you know, one biggest thing the last, I'll say five years, because I think this all started 2016 when they got Brian Elliott at the draft, that no excuses at goaltending anymore. I agree. Um, uh, okay, no, I'll, I'll, I'll hold up. I'll hold up. I know I named like literally the whole division there except Edmonton. Yeah, sorry. Just, so, once again, can you just quickly say who's one, two, three, four officially? Yes. Yeah, so, Toronto. Well, okay. Toronto, Montreal, okay. Vancouver, okay. Calgary with an asterisk that might be Winnipeg instead of them. Okay. All right. And then the Sens and the Oilers can get out. All right. Yeah. Uh, Alex, would you like to go next? Sure. Uh, I have the Leafs number one. I think what Daniel said, I think it's really a big year for the team because, you know, for how many years in a row it's just been, okay, got to get Pat. We got to – we'll come in third. That's okay because, you know, it's Boston and Tampa. I don't think there's any real excuses in front of them, um, in my opinion. Um you know, they added guys who I think are really going to help the team. And I mean, we'll see next week, like this week, it, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like in a real game, not some scrimmage. Um, plus, you know, I think Freddie Anderson's entering a contract year, you know, last year was seemed to be a bit of a shaky year. So I think he has a lot to prove. Um, number two is Montreal. I mean, Daniel said a lot. Like, I, I, I think Montreal made, and I brought this up last episode. I think they made additions to prove that they want, they want to at least make a somewhat some type of push, anything, because I think they recognize that this year is actually a really good year to do that, because you're in the Canadian division. And yes, there's teams, there's good teams, but I think it's very easy to move up the ladder quickly within the Canadian, within the, this division. And I think they've done that through the moves that they've made. Number three, it's so unfortunate I have to do this, but I am. Number three is Edmonton. Like, I, I don't necessarily think they got better, but I think they added more offense. And I think this division is going to be a lot of offense-driven games. And that's how Edmonton's going to come out on top of some of the games. Um, I mean, I don't trust Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith. They they don't have Oscar Kleffbaum. They brought in Tyson Berry. 
like they're really relying on their offense and it's going to be a lot on McDavid and Dreisaitl. So we'll see. Number four, I have Calgary. I think adding Markstrom and actually giving, making a really good tandem in Markstrom and David Riddick, adding Chris Tanev and losing, um, despite losing Brody and Hamannick, I think they have guys in the system that can, you know, make strides. Rasmus Anderson, Yusuf Alamaki, Oliver Shillington. These are guys that are going to take next step steps. Plus, you know, having Noah Hannafin, who's only 23, and Mark Giordano, who's 37, but still a good player. And I think there's guy the guys up front, especially Monaghan and Goudreau, know that this is going to be a very important season for them. No doubt. No doubt. And I think that's why they're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, first off, uh, we would just agree kind of unanimously. Ottawa's not going to, Ottawa's going to be last. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think they're going to be a disaster by the way, but like, they're going to be fun. They're hopeful, be fun. hopeful bottom seed. They're going to be fun to watch. Like they've always been fun, but I th- they're not going to be an easy one. I think the moment the team goes into Ottawa and thinks we're going to win tonight, they're going to lose. Like, they're going to steal some points. Okay. I'm actually going to go for the one here. Fourth, I have Calgary. Um, the thing with Calgary that has always plagued them, and it was the – they would have beaten Dallas last year if they didn't have a disaster in that. And we saw what Markstrom was able to do with a very flawed Vancouver team, and he's going to help Calgary go leaps and bounds. I really do. Yeah. And I like a lot of the Vancouver guys they stole. Um, I, and I just, I really like them. And I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Sean Monaghan. And Johnny Goudreau is still wicked good. And um, like Alex said, those guys are going, my prediction, like they're, they're going to look back to what we thought, you know, the 70 or 99 point player that Johnny Goudreau was. Uh, third, I have Winnipeg. Because they still have an, a disgusting top six. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ehlers and Line, and I don't think Line is going to, I don't think his contract's going to distract him one bit. Because, you know, that interview with him, he's like, I'm here. And that's it. That's Line. He is, the man is confident. He will, if he scores 30, even in the shortened season, I will not be surprised. Wheeler, I hate his contract, is still disgusting. Mark Shifley is amazing. Kyle Connor, by the way, might be the most underrated forward in this division. And Hellebuck might have no gas like last season when he gets to the playoffs. But we know he is good enough to carry that load. And maybe Laurent Brassois surprises us. And they took a step forward with the defense. Not a massive one, just a single step. But I really (laughs) like Winnipeg. Um, And do you know what? I'll be honest. If Winnipeg somehow win the division, I wouldn't be surprised either. I just I'm high on them. Okay. By the way, um, the Oilers. I just thought I'd mention them. Uh, they leaked goals, added Tyson Berry, lost Clefbaum, and didn't address the goaltending. I don't see them taking a step forward at all. Chris Johnson saying that they were the biggest competition for the Leafs. I thought was such a reach. Such a reach. Yeah. I have and these reaches people have these days. Right? The reach. reaches people have these days. But I have Toronto second because I, wonder who you I hear. All of this about how close, obviously, the Nordiques. <laughs> Arizona are somehow in this division now. And <laughs> All of this talk about how close this division is and everyone just giving it to Toronto. 
and this can be said for every team in this division, no Canadian team has proved a damn thing except Vancouver, and they lost so much of their team. So I'm not going to give it to Toronto. Now, they should. If I was a betting man, which I am not, because I've spent all my money on my Lego, (laughs) you would probably say Toronto, but... (laughs) They're going to make the playoff, like if there's a certain team. But do I have Montreal first? Well, yes, I do. No, it's actually Ottawa. No, no, no. Okay. I think the Canadians are the deepest team in this division, without a question. Not in the league. That may be like Colorado at this point. But Montreal, I think way too many people are sleeping on them and saying like third and four. No, 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 no. It's like everyone forgot that they added two top six level players. And like, you look at the ability that, that a guy like Anderson has, first of all, he is so big. Like they have not had a player like that on this team forever. He's going to, people are going to fall in love with him. And I think he's going to take this division by storm. And then we all forget about like Toffoli in that. Suzuki is just so, so good. The power play is going to be completely different. I'm not saying it's going to be top five, but it's going to be out of the bottom 10. And I love their goaltending. I I seriously, and I'm ignoring the tattoo on my leg, the jerseys I own, the YouTube channel that I have. I seriously think the Canadians have a shot of winning this division. Now, we did spend a very, very long time on that. So we might want to go through our award winners quickly. Um, but first off, who do you guys have winning the Stanley Cup itself? I'll start with you, Alexander. Uh, Colorado. Okay, good. Daniel, who do you have? I have Tampa winning it back-to-back. Okay. Uh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. I have Colorado, by the way. I thought you were going to say uh, Minnesota or something. <laughs> I, I didn't even have them in a playoff. I, I'm in Anaheim. <laughs> I thought you were going to have Anaheim. They were the unlock team that you, you know, when you're playing deep in the playoffs, you unlock them or something. Yeah. All right. Um, who do you guys have winning the 201 podcast MVP award of prestige and honor? Because we don't want to use the heart or the Lindsay. Who do you have winning the MVP, Alex? Uh Connor McDavid. I don't we'll have to explain it. Um, uh, Daniel. Alexander Barkov. See, that's an outside bet, but I think it's a good one. I think that's a, he's underrated when it comes to the great players in this league. I love Barkov. Mm-hmm. Great contract, by the way. Uh, I have Nathan McKinnon. He'll finally win an MVP trophy. I don't think he'll lead the league in scoring, but I, the guy should have an MVP right now. He's been robbed the last about a couple of years. Okay, the Norris Trophy, which in this show's mind is just best offensive defenseman. Um, Alex? No, I'm still going Victor Hedman. Okay. Uh, if that's the easy pick. Yes, Daniel. Victor Hedman. Okay, um, Eric Carlson will be back, and he's coming. <laughs> I was I thought about Eric Carlson. Yeah, I really did, but yeah. I just I didn't I didn't know. It was too much of a gamble for me. Um, we have what we too much of a Dylan Gambrel for Carlson. you. Okay. Um, we also have what we call the Fulton Reed Trophy, which goes to the most def- the best defensive defenseman. What the Norris Pro Trophy probably mm-hmm. should be. Alex. Uh, again, I have Victor Hedman. Daniel. Jonas Brodin. That's a good shout. That's a guy who doesn't talk about guys who don't get the attention they deserve. Um, I also have Victor Hedman. 
um, you guys remember my sh- my first show back for my surgery yeah. and how with the swelling I was sort of like, yeah, Victor Hepburn's <laughs> so good. I love him so much. All right, um, the Rocket Richard Trophy, Alex. This might be a little biased, but I, I don't think I've been that biased this episode. So yeah. I'm going to go with Austin Matthews. That's a fair shout. I almost had 50 last year. Um, would have hit it if the season was not shortened. Daniel. Austin, no excuses, Matthews. Okay. Uh, I actually went with Patrick Line. And I, I did not go anti Leafs. Sure. Uh, I went Patrick Line. <laughs> no, no. It's 2016 all over again. It's a good yeah. show. Um, okay. Uh, scoring leader, the Yacht Ross. Who do you think it's going to be? Uh, Nathan McKinnon. Nathan I think he's going to absolutely murder half the teams in that division. Uh, Dan the man. I had um, Connor McDavid. Um, I also had McDavid just because I feel like there were people are heading towards that he's heard this McDavid, you know, dry sidle McKinnon are the best. And then there'll be motivation for him. I like that idea. I would love to see McDavid just. Not against the Canadians, obviously, but yeah. I would love to see him just go ham like that. Like him on the power play this year is going to be something to watch. Like whenever, whenever they play the Sens, like that defense. Oh, what? Oh, watch him target Gabranson all game. This is fantastic. Oh. Um, it's unfortunate he's going to have to play next to Josh Archibald. Yeah, that's oh god. Um, the Jack Adams, which is the coach, of course, that is a pleasant surprise. Going with that, I have Buffalo making the playoffs. I have it going to Ralph Kruger. What about you, Alex? Uh, I actually have it going to Claude Julian. I think there a lot, like you said, there's a lot of the media who underestimate the Montreal Canadiens, and I think the 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 difference between first and second in the North Division really isn't going to be that isn't going to be as big as they're making it out to seem. And I think because Montreal finishes second and it's a tight race, they give it to Claude Julian. Daniel. I have Travis Green. Um, two things. He's a Leafs legend. Also, um, he, he, I don't know. It's just the system he's been able to kind of establish there. He's been with the organization for so long in the AHL that he is the perfect guy to kind of lead this group of, you know, emerging talent of a team that finally, outside of the Sedins, they have an identity. Talk about players having contract years. Travis Green is on one. And imagine he wins the Jack Adams. You love to see it. Um, Jim Gregory for general manager of the year, Alex. Uh, I have two. Um, I have, and, and this is solely based on how they perform because mm-hmm. this one's, it's an odd one because yep. it's like, okay, I know that on paper they look great, but on the ice it's different. It's Mark Bergevin and Joe Sackick. Okay. Sackick probably should have won that last year, by the way. He, sh- he really should have. Uh, I have Joe Sackick because of what he already did. He's already has done for the team. And I'm like, he should have won it. And then he gets Devin Taves. Yeah. And then again, I look back and I'm like, and then they have Bowen Byram come. And up. Brandon Saad. Yeah. They traded nothing for Brandon Saad. Sorry, Nikita oh. Zadorov. And he finally gave a chance to world junior legend Connor Timmins. Well, I mean, Timmins was hurt. Right? I know, but, you know, you love that story. Yeah. Doctors gave him a chance, really. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've said on the show before, I'm going to stick by it. If the Canadians make the playoffs, which I think they will, Bergevin should, like, I don't know how you don't at least have Bergevin on the ballot. That's, that'd be insane to me. Okay, um, another custom award. We, we can't do the Brad Marchand embarrassment moment of the year. We can't do the Gordon Bombay power move of the year because the season hasn't happened yet. 
Um, but I've asked you guys to give your biggest disappointment, though this can be a team or a player. Um, Daniel, who do you have as your biggest disappointment? And then give me your biggest surprise as well. Okay, biggest disappointment, and I've said it before, but it's just I just want to see how the season unfolds because of the schedule they have, but it might be the biggest Golden Knights, and it's not because they have a lack of talent, but it's because they're just, again, so top-heavy that – you know, you take away one player, maybe due to injury, maybe due to, you know, all these protocols that are going on right now uh, for tracing in the NBA. You take that one piece away from them and that could really hurt them. If you like for example, a Mark Stone, a, uh, you know, Max Petrietti or, you know, a Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo, you take away one of those. And I don't like what their depth looks like. And who would be your biggest surprise? Would be Aaron Ekblad. I think I sure. believe he he has gotten a lot of criticism for not leading the Panthers for a lot of people saying, you know, Hey, it's been over six years. You're not really kind of becoming what we thought you were going to be when you went first overall. But again, defensemen take longer to develop. Florida is a bit more of a stable model now that I think he's going to continue to grow. And he's at a point now where he could become the leader for that team. By the way, um, Maybe teams making the playoffs and getting credit. Bill Zito might get some attention if the Panthers do well, by the way. Um, smart yeah. moves he's, he's really done. Alex, your surprises, your disappointments, who do you got? Um, I'll start with my disappointment. I don't know if this is necessarily a disappointment, but I think there's always so much hype around this team that's going to turn into a disappointment. It's the Boston Bruins. Like, like the thing we always say about Pittsburgh, never count out Sidney Crosby, never count out Kenny Malkin. And I think the same thing's being said here. Don't count out Patrice. Don't count out like whoever, David Krejci. But I think it's, they, they lost crew. They lost Chara. That back end is really not great. Like, yeah, Charlie McAvoy. Yeah. Matt Grizz. Like, yeah. Brandon Carlo, but like they're missing something there you know you know what i mean like and i think it's going to turn out to be a disappointing season for bruins and bruins fans and they deserve it because they've been so good for so long and i hate that team so you know what biggest disappointment get out of here um biggest surprise i have two teams uh the buffalo sabers for making the playoffs and the san jose sharks for making the playoffs because i don't think walking into the season many people have that plan panned out okay um my biggest disappointment Alex, there's something with us today. We're on the same wavelength. I said Boston. God, I just, I don't want them to be good anymore. <laughs> Get out of here. Stop it. Like when we go back to the Atlantic next year, I want them bad. I, I don't want the Canadians fighting for third or a wild card anymore. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Um, they should just keep these divisions. Here. They should just keep these divisions. Sponsored yeah. by Honda, Mass Mutual, Discover, and Scotiabank. <laughs> you see, though, apparently um, – Bill Bill Daly was on Tim and Sid, and yeah. the, the title of the video was uh, "The Canadian Division Is One and Done." And I yeah, I know. No, because it's so good. That okay. will require some type of competence. Yeah, um, my biggest surprise is this guy. Honestly, I could look really bad for this pick because everything above this guy in his lineup has just disappeared. I think Dylan Strom is going to rise to the challenge this year. I love now, that. Now, because A, someone will have to score for this team, beside Patrick Kane, obviously. He might honestly get to play with DeBrincat again, you know, because they want that, that junior connection. Have Cade, and I mean, 
he has the chance, Doc and Taves being out. And and just there's been this air about Dylan Strome that he was this high pick, and you know, people were always like, Oh, it's because he was on the area with Connor. I would really like to see Strome take that next a nice big step. Because A, it makes the coyotes look even worse, which I'm always a uh, <laughs> Nick Schmaltz. Yeah, I'm Nick Schmaltz. Um and yeah, I'm just a, I'm I'm a fan of, of Strome. I like him a lot. So was yeah. it because he was a real junior captain? Um, I didn't even know that. But yeah. Um, yeah, 2017. Yeah, I mean, did they win? Was that the bad? Uh, that was the shootout loss against the U.S. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was... that was When we didn't like Troy Terry, but then we came to our senses. Later on, we're like, okay, he was a Ducks pick. Well, if Dominique Ducharme had been playing Noah Juleson instead of Thomas Shabbat 50 minutes, we wouldn't... I'm kidding. No, Shabbat was <laughs> disgustingly great that year. Okay, I'm just throwing on the Twitter. I know during the show I popped on to try and find some Tony D'Angelo stuff, um, but then I saw that apparently the Canucks yeah. um, had stuff shut down. But beside that, it looks like we're not missing anything. No, uh, you know what the you know what the worst thing's going to be though with Boston is they're gonna we're gonna hit the trade deadline. They're not gonna be in the playoffs. They're gonna trade off their assets. Krejci's a UFA, Halak and Rasker UFAs, and they're gonna get such a high pick. They're gonna get Owen Power first overall, and their defense is gonna be fine. I hate the Boston Bruins. That's what's gonna happen. Um, again, lads, let's hold on to these predictions and we can look back on the season. Because it will be done like that, honestly. We're the end of the season's gonna be so sneaking up on us. Um, but yeah, I guess on Wednesday, that's our next episode. Yeah. We will be doing a preview on the Leafs and the Canadians game. And then who knows on Sunday, we might not have been half Sunday because we might kill each other by the end of it because Leafs and Habs games. Oh God, we're going to have 10 games. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be so great this season. Daniel's going to have to be the mediator. I and then he'll say, guys, 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 guys. But the Ducks, but the Ducks. <laughs> the Ducks are in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> first place because Gibson went on a heater. Let's so go. Are we going to do it once a week? We're going to do the Anaheim Ducks playoff check. Playoff we'll watch the, by the Anaheim Ducks. The presented by Honda. Voice <laughs> <laughs> said to you presents the let's check on the Ducks portion of the show. Um, I guess that is everything. No. Um, thank you always, as Voice said, for being a fantastic platform for the show. If you're checking us out on iTunes, because we're there, we're anywhere you listen to a podcast on the Spotify and that follow on iTunes, leave a five star review. Let us know in the comments of the YouTube section, which you should check out. Who do you think is going to be the biggest surprise or disappointment this season? Who do you have finishing first in the North Division? Because it might be the closest run uh, when it comes to divisions this year. Honestly, should be that or or the Capitals division because I forgot if that's the Central or if that's the other thing. I don't know. I think it's the Central though. Um, go check out Alex's blog. Daniel, we're figuring school's back this week, so can we say what you're doing yet? We'll we, have Will Bodwood on. Uh, we on the really show. do need to have Will. Like seriously, we do. We you know what? Do you guys? Let's see. I'll ask you after the show about this. Okay. Um, oh, you're gonna call him right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, Get him on the phone. YouTube, yeah, I said the YouTube portion. Yeah. Uh, check out my YouTube channel for all your hats needs. 294 views is the Corey Perry video. Let's wow. go. I think it's, I'm, I'm going to check this. Is it my most viewed video? It is. Wow. 150 views. Let's there go. We go. Corey Perry is this the guy. Not Tyler Tavoli. I like Tyler to Daniel. He just put a heart on screen. Um, I think that's everything. Yeah. 
That's everything. Thanks, guys. Okay. All right. Bye.